Okay, welcome back to Healthspan. This is part one of Young Forever by Dr. Mark Hyman. In Young Forever, Dr. Mark Hyman challenges us to reimagine our biology, health, and the process of aging. To uncover the secrets to longevity, he explores the hallmarks of aging, their causes and their consequences, then shows us how to overcome them with simple dietary, lifestyle, and emerging longevity strategies. Interestingly, Dr. Hyman starts out this book by discussing the blue zones. I did a three-part series of the Blue Zones by Dan Buhner, if you want to check that out. I go into a deep dive into Sardinia, Okinawa, Nicoya, Loma Linda, and Ikaria, and talk about their communities, the culture, the food, all the activities, if you want to take a deeper dive into those Blue Zones. But because he talks about it here, I'm going to be discussing it as well. So Dr. Hyman journeys to Sardinia, Italy. Here, the ancient world has remained much the same for the last 3,000 years. He kind of tours the different villages, talking to different people, and he gives one example of this lady who turned 100 years old, and he asked her the secret to longevity. She does crossword puzzles every day, and her secret to longevity is, quote, don't be jealous or angry, take walks, do not stress about life, and live in gratitude. So she's a healthy woman, rich in love, meaning, and purpose, and she has no ailments except a slow thyroid and a little arthritis. He then goes to Ikaria, Greece. So Ikaria, Greece has much of the similar principles as Sardinia, where there are a lot of people with the same self-reliance, deep community, preserved ancient foodways, and an environment that naturally supports a healthy diet, love and connection, and daily movement up and down the steep mountains. More Movement is really built into their lifestyle. So they don't retire. They wake up with more things to do than they can get done in a day, and they are surrounded by a rich community of lifelong friends and loved ones. These are the simple principles of happiness and longevity. So when you look at all the blue zones, the lessons are very clear. Live close to nature, love deeply, eat simple food, raise sustainably, and move naturally, laugh and rest, and actually live, and live longer as it turns out. So that's just a quick summary of his travels around the blue zones, but I'm going to be focusing on other topics in this book and starting with functional medicine. So functional medicine, a new approach to healthcare. In functional medicine, we look at this network medicine where instead of looking at a single organ-based, single disease, single drug model, we are looking at our, our bodies as a complex network and really functional medicine embraces the complexity of this multifactorial influence on diseases. And functional medicine suggests that all diseases have a root cause or etiology. And we must find and address all the factors or causes that contribute to disease. And here's an analogy. If your roof is leaking, you need to find the hole and patch it. And if you have multiple holes, you must fix them all. The good news is that most of the root causes are treatable through diet and lifestyle interventions. Rather than suppressing symptoms with medication, we can map out the root causes and address all of them with multiple simultaneous interventions that restore and enhance optimal function. Functional medicine is the science of creating health. When you create health, disease disappears. Now he puts here that the body comprises of seven dynamic interconnected networked systems. So just to quickly rattle them off, they are assimilating nutrients, defense and repair, energy production, detox, transportation, communication, and the body structure from cellular structures all the way to the 
musculoskeletal system. Now, if you look at these different seven dynamic inter interconnected network systems, you can see that they really reflect the hallmarks of aging, which I recently talked about and I will be talking about in the future in this book. When these systems are in a dynamic balance, health and longevity are the natural consequences. Disrupt any of these systems that I just mentioned and disease and aging occur. So in this book, again, we're gonna be discussing how to tackle all these different networks and all the hallmarks of aging and how we can simply do it through minimal lifestyle intervention. So Young Forever provides the foundational principles that you can apply now and incorporates today's leading discoveries that may safely extend life. And that was the end of chapter one. The beginning of chapter two discusses the root causes of aging. So for the longest time, we have not established that aging is a disease. It was never recognized as a disease. It was just recognized as this progressive loss of function and there's no way to reverse it. And this is sort of similar to how people didn't think obesity was a disease. So aging is a disease the same way obesity is a disease. And the problem is, is that aging results in 85% of healthcare costs and yet accounts for only 6% of the government research spending. And most of that, of that 6% is spent on the diseases of aging rather than on the biology of aging itself. Now, this reminds me of the story that David Sinclair shared in his Lifespan book, where on his way to his office, he would have other researchers on the right side who were studying cancer, researchers on the left side of, the, of his building who were studying dementia, maybe the researchers on the second floor were studying some sort of cardiovascular disease. So really, they were all studying individual diseases rather than studying aging himself, which is what David Sinclair really focuses on. Now, he asks the question here, the diseases of aging, are they all just one disease? So when you look at functional medicine, they really ask the question, why? Why, for example, why does Alzheimer's exist? You know, what is the cause? Now, preventing this disease in the first place and even reversing it by identifying and understanding the root causes is far more important than merely delaying the onset of symptoms by a few months. So again, functional medicine focuses on Prevention, it focuses on the question why and also the root cause. So what is the root cause? And again, for example, what do Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity, and even some causes of infertility and depression have in common? All of these can result from an imbalance in blood sugar and insulin resistance. This problem is, as we will see, at the root cause of much of the aging process, insulin resistance. So again, you have to ask the question, what causes insulin resistance? So hyperinsulinemia, and then what is that called? where does that come from? Too much sugar and starch in the diet. So higher insulin or hyperinsulinemia results in a cascade of harmful effects. Everything from storage of dangerous belly fat, loss of muscle, increased hunger and sugar cravings, inflammation, high blood pressure, worsening cholesterol profile, fatty liver, altered sex hormones, sexual dysfunction, and the list really goes on and on. Now, treating all these conditions separately with medication becomes unnecessary when we reverse insulin resistance, when we address the root cause. So again, he goes into insulin resistance a little bit later, but this is just an example of how if we fix insulin resistance, the thing that is upstream, we don't have to focus individually on all these downstream different diseases that are caused by insulin resistance. Now, he has a quick passage about the functional medicine and the information theory of aging. If you want a in-depth discussion about the informational theory of aging by 
David Sinclair, I recommend you reading my Lifespan or listening to my Lifespan podcast. Uh, I covered this in his book, Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. But just to quickly recap, the information theory of aging suggests that disease occurs because of the corrupted information in our biological networks, like damaged software code that results in altered signals that prevent our innate healing and repair systems from doing their job. So functional medicine addresses the causes and repairs that corrupted the software code. So David Sinclair uses the analogy of a CD disc. So when that CD disc gets inserted, you know, it starts playing the music perfectly fine. But if there are scratches on the, D- on the CD disc, it's sort of the analogy of scratches on our DNA where our DNA is not being read properly. And then the sound does not come out as clear as it used to. These scientists talk not about treating our current different age-related diseases, but about going upstream to get to the root mechanisms that underlie all diseases. So this is the functional medicine approach. This is the David Sinclair approach where we go upstream. And this is what we're going to talk about in this book. So let me just give one example. Dr. Mark Hyman had a 49-year-old female who was an executive business coach at the Cleveland Clinic, uh, who, who saw him at the Cleveland Clinic. And she was suffering from psoriatic arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. And also she was having severe depression, was overweight, pre-diabetic, and also had IBS, reflux, and a bunch of other diseases. Now, after seeing each specialist, like the psychiatrist, the endocrinologist, they all individually gave her a medication to treat that thing. Now, when she saw Mark Hyman, he asked a different set of questions, like, how are all these conditions connected? And the answer, of course, is inflammation. He quickly figured out that the source of most of her diseases was her gut. So the gut microbiome and the gut lining plays a huge role in inflammation. And he figured out that it was really her gut, her diet that was causing all these problems. So she had been on a lot of steroids and a lot of antibiotics, which really promote the growth of bad bugs and killed the good ones in her gut. And she would often feel bloated and and have this quote unquote food baby. And this was the clue that she had this quote-unquote leaky gut. Now, all he did was reset and balance her gut. He took out all the inflammatory processed foods like dairy and gluten and then replaced them with obviously more nutrient-dense, low-glycemic anti-inflammatory foods along with probiotics, fish oil, vitamin D, and and multivitamins. Now, when he did this six weeks later, she'd come back and reported that not only were her psoriatic and arthritis gone, but she didn't have any migraines. She wasn't really depressed anymore. She didn't really have these irritable bowel syndrome. Um, And she also lost 20 pounds and reversed her pre-type diabetes. And he puts here that this case is not an an anomaly, but a routine outcome from applying functional medicine. Now, just a quick monologue from me. As a doctor myself, I sort of feel like I'm at an impasse every day because I have one foot in the standard of care slash Western medicine world where I follow guidelines, I give people medications and I I treat them. But I also have one foot in the functional medicine side where I really focus on diet, lifestyle, weight loss, sleep, circadian rhythm, reduction of chronic stress and inflammation, you know, time-restricted eating. I focus on all these things. And I think the problem that Mark Hyman has is that He often overlooks in his book, in this book and in other books, he often overlooks the patient compliance side and also the 
the idea of getting them to change. So in theory, it's really easy to just say, take this medication and do this. But in reality, it's very difficult to get a patient to change. Most patients don't want to change really. And I think as a physician, uh, you know, myself, we should, and as all physicians, we should be doing both. We should be doing this functional medicine side where we focus on lifestyle and at the same time practice the standard of care. Just to give a quick example, I was having the, the discussion about Ozempic or semaglutide, and someone asked me my opinion on it, and I said, you can't take Ozempic without the resistance training. You can't just take this medication and not do the other stuff. So you need to do both. You need to, you need to have the standard of care where there's guideline-based therapy, but at the same time, you have to be working on yourself and doing this quote-unquote functional medicine side where you focus on the diet, the lifestyle, the sleep, and all that stuff. So that's just a quick opinion. Um, I just wanted to move on to the next chapter, which is biological versus chronological age. Again, I did another podcast on this called True Age, which I recommend you checking out where I go into a deep dive talking about the differences between biological and chronological age. But no discussion can be had about aging or biological versus chronological without talking about Steve Horvath. So Steve Horvath is a human geneticist and biostatistician at the at UCLA. And Dr. Horvath had discovered a way to measure biological age by measuring the epigenetic clock, also known as the Horvath clock, which reflects how your gene expression changes and interacts with the environment throughout your life. Your lifestyle and environment alter your gene expression. By measuring something called DNA methylation, the chemical tags or bookmarks on your genes, that determine which genes are red, you can determine your biological age. So he quickly talks about the epigenetics and what epigenetics are. And anytime you talk about epigenetics, you have to talk about methylation. You have to talk about acetylation. So methyl groups and acetyl groups. So DNA methylation is really the single most important process controlling your epigenome. So a methyl group, again, for those of you who don't know, is a carbon molecule attached to three different hydrogens, so CH3. And these methyl groups wrap around your DNA, and these tiny little ubiquitous chemical compounds literally control the function of your DNA by telling your body to either activate or silence a gene. The process of DNA methylation is highly influenced by your habits and environment, and it changes throughout your life for better or worse, depending on your inputs to your body. If it is those changes that help determine your bio biological age. When methyl groups are added to your DNA, the genes are silenced or turned off. Now, methylation also regulates DNA protein production and repair, expression of genetic variations, hormones, metabolism, neurotransmitters, detoxification, energy product. It does all that. So we really need to focus on the epigenetics, the stuff that is controlling your genetics. Now, to illustrate the profound effect of epigenetic changes, we need to look no further than the landmark experiment that he talks about here in the book. And this experiment was done by an epigeneticist called Randy, his name is Randy Jertle. And his team experimented with two groups of genetically identical agouti mice, which are special bred mi mice, kind of bred to be yellow, fat, and diabetic. Now, these mice, they give one group of mice a kind of a methylation cocktail which included like b6 b12 choline and also genistein and the other they just gave them the simple normal 
mouse chow. They then bred the mice, and the offsprings were dramatically different when you looked at them. The offspring of the group that received the methylation support were born brown, thin, and healthy compared to the normal mouse chow. And he has a picture comparing the agouti mice that were untouched versus the methylation mice that were that were given all these compounds. And the pictures are pretty drastic where this one mouse, again, is really, it's really fat, it's yellow, it doesn't look, it looks old. And then another mouse who is like brown, healthy, and very thin. And he puts a picture is worth a thousand words. So in other words, the agouti mice genes were kept off by the epigenome. So these mice that were bred, that were supposed to be yellow, fat, and diabetic were not because of these methyls that turn off the genes that caused all those phenotypes of the mice. Now, he also did another experiment with BPA. This wasn't mentioned in the book, but I went to go read about it. So BPA is this, you know, toxic environmental compound, which you can find in like plastics. And they exposed pregnant mice to BPA and watched how those genetically identical brown mice really became like yellow, obese, sort of like the agouti mice. And they showed how the DNA the DNA methylation was actually decreased by 31%, which so kind of shows how BPA alters the epigenome by removing the methyl group. So this is an example how environmental compounds really influence our epigenome. And I get to talk about the exposome in just one second. So imagine if we really modified our habits to turn on all the right genes and turn down the expression of harmful ones. The result is really a long health span and a long lifespan. He puts here that it turns out that more than 90% of our chronic disease is determined not by our genome, but really by our exposome. So what is the exposome? So the exposome is everything that has ever happened to you over your lifetime, and even what is happening to you when you were in utero, and also what happened to your ancestors. So it sort of summarizes everything that's happened to you. And he talks about this study how, you know, for example, Holocaust survivors, their offspring would often suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. And this is the whole idea of epigenetics in the exposome where we often get passed down these traumas from generation to generation because of our genetics. Now, he also has another study where animal studies showed that the exposure to glyphosate, which is a toxic weed killer used on like 70% of crops in grandparents can cause diseases in their grandchildren who have never been exposed. So really the passing down, this is part of the exposome. So every single input influences your epigenome. Every bite of food, exercise or lack of exercise, stress, loneliness, toxins, allergens, microbes, all of these, you know, even your feelings, your relationships, your thoughts, everything is part of the exposome and your state of health or disease and your biological age are the result of your life washing over your genes but the good news is that we have an enormous ability to change those inputs and he has an example right here so a few years ago there was a famous study that steve horvath again the founder of the horvath clock did so him and his colleagues gave a group of adults five compounds so zinc vitamin d human growth hormone, DHEA, and metformin. And this study was called the thymus 
Reg regeneration, immunorestoration, and insulin mitigation trial, or TRIM trial. Now, there were only nine healthy men in this trial, and the problem is there was no control group and no real like mitigation bias, but they expected that perhaps they could slow the biological age slightly, but they found that they actually reduced the biological age of participants by two and a half years after just one year of treatment. So one year of treatment with DHEA, metformin, HGH, vitamin D, and zinc reversed the biological age by two and a half years. Now, again, it was a small trial. There was no sort of control group, but this was the first sort of revelation that we can influence our biological age by certain lifestyle interventions. Now, there was another study called Potential Reverses of epigenetic age using a diet and lifestyle intervention by Dr. Kara Fitzgerald and her colleagues, they found that something even more, more remarkable happened. So this was the study. It was a study of 43 healthy adult men between 50 and 72 using a comprehensive functional medicine lifestyle intervention. They followed an eight-week treatment program that included a whole food phytochemical-rich anti-inflammatory, and methylation-supporting diet, exercise, sleep optimization, stress, probiotics, all this stuff. It was the entire kitchen sink they kind of threw at these participants. Now, the treatment group reversed their biological age by an incredible 3.23 years in just eight weeks compared to the control group. So even though this was a small study, the results were statistically significant and frankly, very exciting. So what's the point here? The point is, your life is in your hands. You have the ability to turn back your biological clock through lifestyle interventions. And as we move forward, we'll be discussing the exact interventions that help you reverse biological age and improve your health span and also your lifespan. So I'm going to end the podcast here. I hope you realize that your exposome is extremely important. Everything you have ever eaten, every, every exercise, every thought, every action is part of the exposome. And remember, life is in your hands. So it's your, it's your chance to you know, take control of your own health. And again, in this book, in part two, part three, I'll be discussing exactly what you have to do to reverse your biological age and improve your health span. So thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. Hope you tune in next time.